Welcome to The Contractor Commute, a podcast by Congenius designed to fit right into your daily drive. Whether you're a small business owner, employee, or off contracting on your own, we've got advice, stories, and leadership tips to help you out along the way. Well, folks, welcome to The Contractor Commute with Ben and Kinsey. Today, we're talking about why most contractors ballpark bids. And uh, ballparking is something that I have done as a contractor. And uh, we see a lot of people in our space serving contractors with software that do a lot of ballparking. Yeah. So we're going to talk about why ballparking is bad. Um, And so we give a lot of rough estimates for what things will cost. And, you know, we want to talk about, is this healthy for your business? Is it dangerous? And uh, if we're going to do something about it, how do we, how do we change from ballparking? Yeah, that's good. And is it healthy? Yeah. Healthy for your business. I think that's a huge topic. I got a bid um, a couple weeks back actually our neighbor was having some painting work done to the exterior of their house. And so we were like, we have like one spot on the brick spot or something on our house that we were like, maybe we should get a bid from that guy since he's in the neighborhood, that kind of thing. So had connected with him and got a um, ripped up envelope. And I'm not trying to say this to bash by any means. Like it's hard. Bidding's hard. There's time, you know, time on the job, things like that. But um, as a homeowner, I got, you know, a ripped in half envelope with some numbers um, just thrown on it. Um, and it, the details on it were power wash, prime and paint, brick fence, both sides and top. Two guys at 60 an hour, estimating eight to 10 hours and then anytime ASAP. So like that was the yeah. that was the bid I got. And so then like for me receiving that, I'm like, well, that's nice that he bid that and can do it, do it ASAP, you know, as a homeowner. <laughs> I'm like, those are perks. But then I'm like, okay, are we buying the paint? Who's buying the paint? You know, there was just so much um, unknown with the bid that I got. And I'm, I also didn't know if I was like, okay, are, is two guys $60 per hour each, or is it for both? You know, so there just was so much, um, as the homeowner in this example, there was so much just lack of clarity, I guess, Mm -hmm. for me, which just obviously didn't give me the confidence. We haven't painted our brick yet. (laughs) You know, we haven't found, it wasn't that big of a, I guess, uh, pain point for us. But anyway, so we say all that, you know, just to point to the fact of the benefit of, not ballparking, mm-hmm. right? Like that was so ballparked of like eight to 10 hours. I don't even know if that's accurate, yeah. you know, as a homeowner. So I just lacked a little bit of confidence with actually like moving forward with yeah. that bid. And this is something we see all the time. Sure. I mean, it, to various degrees, that's maybe an extreme example. Yeah. Yeah. Of, right. Uh, back of the napkin, quite literally. Yeah. <laughs> while someone Thanks. was yeah. <laughs> on the toilet, yeah. Uh, yeah. needed some, to- you know, <laughs> okay, yeah. here we go. Here's your bid. <laughs> right. Um, it, you know, not that far away from that. Sure. We, but we do see a lot of just general generic bids. And I think a lot of that stems from the fact that as a contractor, we look at things from our perspective mm-hmm. of we do this all the time. We have a lot of experience with sure. it. So it seems very simple. We look at something and he looked at your fence and yep. said, that's approximately eight to 10 hours. Seems simple. We do this yep. every day. Uh, no problem. And and it's, there's also an element of unknown for him in all of that. Is it really going to sure. be eight hours, 10 hours? What if he discovers something different from that? Sure. So you both walked away with- Lack of clarity. Well, yeah. Lack of clarity. Yeah. 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 Uh, and so there's a bit of pride. I noticed that a lot of- the contractors that I've worked with, you talk to somebody that's been around it for a long time and he was so good. Mm-hmm. He walked into a job and he looked at the walls and space. He didn't even have a tape measure and he said, it's going to cost this amount of money. Mm-hmm. So as a senior craftsman to sure. a junior craftsman, they look at that as almost like he was really, really good. Yeah, very experienced. Yeah, yeah. He just knew what it should cost. And so there's some bragging rights involved with that. Um, sometimes we're right. <laughs> sometimes we're wrong. Sure. And, uh, you know, from a customer's perspective and all of that, though, which is what you brought up, sure. is this lack of confidence that that guy has any idea what he's talking about. Yeah, exactly. Because 
did he really even care? It seems very unprofessional to a lot of customers for you to just walk in without a tape measure, without any type, and just throw a number at it. Sure. So suddenly they're, you know, the peers might be in, you know, they might be impressed. Sure. But the, the consumer might not in be. that context is sure. not. And yeah. if you're if you're working commercial context, certainly that's certainly. not winning you jobs. Yeah. Um, and I've heard a lot of customers' response to that of saying, nobody's that good. Mm-hmm. Nobody can just walk in sure. and tell me that's what it's going to cost. Yeah. Cost for what? Right. And, you know, yeah. bathroom. Somebody walks up, that's about 25000 So like they're ballparking, right? Yeah. They're ballparking sure. a number. And I think uh, it can be really dangerous. Sure. Yeah. No, that makes sense. So maybe let's let's talk through just like why why people ballpark. Like what's the, what's the reason behind uh, ballparking bids, I guess, from mm-hmm. your perspective? Well, we're, we're – busy. So, and it requires a lot of work to put all the items in there. And also there's a double-edged sword involved with that because if you don't get it right and people are judging what you put in there. Mm -hmm. So you put in 50 line items and say there were 75, you missed some people are saying, well, that was, yes, you should have just done that. Yeah. And so I think it's, we're not, we don't have enough time. So therefore we'll just throw a number at it. It's faster. We can guesstimate. Maybe we'll be right. Maybe we'll be wrong. Let's throw a bigger number at it. So maybe that'll cover for the things we missed. That's the typical mindset, right? Yeah, that makes I, sense. Yeah. And I think it it just sort of translates into this, I also have to bid, but how do I balance with fulfilling work, getting stuff done? Yeah. Maybe maybe too, like the context could be like, oh, I'll just deal it, deal with it later. Like if I actually win the job, like I'll just cover that with change orders or things like mm-hmm. that as part of the project. Maybe it could That's just be point. like, well, let me just delay the time mm-hmm. until I actually know what it's going to cost, yep. you know, or did yes. cost. Yes. And then just bill out change orders. But then that introduces complexity mm-hmm. later of like, well, are you tracking those, you know, right. tracking those things, you know? So I think that, you know, we'll, we'll speak into probably some time element to, to mm-hmm. some of this in a little bit, but um, it's time either way whether it's yes. upfront or later, you know? So if it's, you're covering it in change orders, there's time involved mm-hmm. in sending more change orders yep. versus bidding, you know? So or maybe even an opportunity cost involved with all of that where you put this number on it and you realize you're, you're not able to capture money down the road because you weren't, you're so vague that someone says, well, you should have just included that yeah, in there. And how many times have we heard somebody say, well, they discovered a rotten floor, mm-hmm. which nobody knew about, but the contractor just felt like, well, I need to just take care of that because okay. the bid was so vague. That someone said, well, you, didn't you just kind of plan on that? It's an old bathroom. What did you expect would be there? Yeah. Uh, and that kind of speaks to the the point of a lot of times we don't want to be judged in this very detail-oriented bid. Customers are going to be nitpicking it and saying, well, that didn't happen that way, so therefore you should be giving me a credit. And this mm-hmm. happened this way. Uh, and it costs more money. That doesn't count, right? It's yeah. always kind of – there's the concern yeah. that if I did put all this time into it, is it even worth it? Yeah. Does it even matter? Right. Like yeah. that whole context of like, what's the actual value and yep. putting together all the work. Is it actually important to, to know, you know, what, yep. what goes into it? So yeah, it's interesting. Yeah. And I think, yeah, being that this is the framework for a project, um, I think we can just sort of, a just to your point, shortcut it, get through it quickly as possible and see what happens down the road. Yeah. Yeah. That's good. Good insight. Yeah. So uh, why does the bid matter to our customer? Yeah. I think I think there's a lot of reasons it matters. I think we touched on a few of them. I think one is, you know, ensuring that your customer knows what's actually included, adding the detail as mm-hmm. part of that. Like at least in a homeowner context, that's what I would care about, mm-hmm. you know, um, as potentially our listener's customer. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, and then I think also a bid is is your first impression. I mean, aside from them meeting you for the first time or talking to you on the phone, they're, they're gauging, you know, making impressions along yes. the way about your business. 
Um, and, you know, there's research that shows that people make a first impression of someone in seven seconds. That's pretty quick. So, yeah. So you, <laughs> you have, don't have much time. <laughs> you have seven seconds <laughs> yeah. to like earn trust, mm-hmm. essentially, yeah. or provide value or, you know, and I guess, and it's kind of that silent thing, mm-hmm. right? First impression is like, it's not necessarily even like at the forefront of somebody's mind, yes. but it's like, hey, that impression is in there. And so like, for whatever reason, if you're not instilling a positive first impression, like, you know what you're doing, you know, have detail in the things that you're, you're bidding, um, it can, it can hurt your impression and, and of your business and of your brand. So. Yeah. In that seven seconds, somebody's judging your bid in that same seven seconds of the back of the napkin or wow, these yeah. people know what they're doing. It's kind of scary yeah. when you like put it in that, that time frame. Yeah. It's like, man, you got to have it together, which again, it's kind of a, just a call to greatness kind of, mm-hmm. you know, episode I think that we're trying to have of just like calling, calling people to maybe a, a better place of like, think about impression, think about business, mm-hmm. those kinds of things. Yeah. So. We do things, think of things from our perspective so many times Yeah. and we're busy and what matters to me or matters to you might be two different things. Sure. And same thing with contractor consumer kind of relationship. Yep. You know, what matters to the contractor is not the same thing that matters to the consumer. To, so to be aware of the fact that people are making these assumptions yeah. and judging is based on what we're giving them is important. Yeah. That's a really good point. Yeah. Really good point. Yeah. And I mean, just knowing what something will actually cost is uh, something that really matters to a consumer as well. Because mm-hmm. when they under when they know with confidence, to your point, we're providing the paint, this is what the yeah. paint costs. And maybe not even breaking it down to that level, but when that level of, in that seven seconds, they get the idea sure. that you know what you're doing yep. and that you know what that thing costs and you're not just guesstimating. Or, you know, I remember grandfather always talking about, I, I want somebody to make money on the job, but I don't want them retiring off of me. That makes sense. Yeah, you know, and so many analogy. people look yeah. at the $50,000 bid that you give them and say, whoa, 50,000. And yeah. they just assume 25,000 of its profit. <laughs> sure. Yeah. They don't know. Because the don't know. customer doesn't know the cost yeah, either. They don't. Right. right. Yeah. Yeah. And, and you're not helping them either. So, I mean, I think they're just like that. We're helping educate the consumer. We're helping educate our customer about what something should cost and why. Yeah. And if it's two lines, how are we providing that to them? Yeah. That's a really yeah. good point. It's just a, here we go. Uh, get work done. Yeah. Sure. It's super vague. Yeah. Makes sense. So, okay. So let's talk. Let's take it a step further. Why? Talk me through why um, ballparking should matter to mm-hmm. to our audience. Why why should it matter to contractors? Um, the idea of ballparking um, or not doing it. We yeah. said earlier it's dangerous, right? So talk us through why that. Yeah, why, why is it matters. dangerous, right? Yeah. I mean, it, the the bid, the estimate, the quote, the proposal. I mean, these these are specific terms in different contexts, but very similar. Mm-hmm. We're setting the groundwork for the project. This sure. is the source of truth document that means a lot to our customer. Right. They're going to refer back to it, whether that's a commercial big project or a tiny little uh, you know, handyman type job. They're looking mm-hmm. back at what did you say you were going to do and how much it would cost. Mm-hmm. And they're going to hold us accountable to that document. And so this is the groundwork for it. And when there's lack of specifics, mm-hmm. it's vague, it's yeah. not really thorough, um, we're, get, we're being held accountable to that. Sure. And, and, and there's interpretation involved too, because somebody's going to look at that and say, well, I would have assumed. And so we need to take the assumptions out of it. So the reason why it matters is we need to make sure that the assumptions are the correct ones. And yeah. when there's two lines involved on a more complex project, we've seen $100,000 jobs that are one page yeah. of detail. Yeah. And it's and it's it's not even like it was one crammed page full of stuff. It's just a few line items. Sure. And yeah. just saying, hey, build kitchen. Right. What kitchen? Yeah, right. Yeah. And yeah. so I think that's a that's a big problem. And also the the other aspect of it is when you have a very thorough, accurate bid, it protects us from the person that we shouldn't be working from mm-hmm. because we address the assumptions. Uh, somebody might assume that we're building them a very high-end thing for a low price point, and that right. might not be at all what we're, what we're saying we're going to do. But when it's the build kitchen type sure. bid, suddenly we can, perf- we can really convey something that we didn't intend to. Yeah. 
and then the other point is really making sure we, we make money on jobs. I mean, it, you yeah. can't really do that if you don't know what your costs are. And sure. I think, you know, as a business, the different one of the key distinctions between a business and a charity is one makes money. Right. Um, <laughs> yeah. It's a, it's a valid point. Right. Exactly. If you want to run a business, you need to make money. Right. You need to protect your profits. And in order to protect your profits, you need to understand your costs. Sure. Yeah. That's good. So ballparking really insulates us from knowing our true costs. It just says, you know what? We're going to do it approximately there. And it gets us into a mindset, right? Of just being like, uh, stuff is just going to cost a certain amount of money. And we don't learn anything from that either. <laughs> yeah. If you're ballparking, you're not learning. Yeah. That's yeah. a good point. Mm -hmm. Um. I have a friend uh, during the whole COVID price increases, he runs an electrical company and he's he's a very experienced and not just experienced as an electrician. He's a master electrician, but he also knows what he's doing as yeah. far as running a team. Yeah. He's just a great guy. And he he's, he told me that he very nearly lost his shirt when all the price increases went up right. because – and I'm not saying necessarily it was ballparking things, but they made some assumptions about sure. what things would cost. Yeah. And uh, – by not having the mindset of understanding true costs and always monitoring that, they made some assumptions about, okay, well, an outlet should cost $110 to install. And when that went to $180, they started losing money on things. Yeah, and so this mindset um, can be very dangerous. Yeah, 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 absolutely. So, okay, so talk me through. We've talked about how, uh, why it matters. Yeah. Um, we've talked about like what it even means <laughs> Yeah. Um, and why people do it. Uh, but maybe talk me through talk us through how, how to avoid it, right? Mm -hmm. Like pra practically speaking, how do we avoid ballparking bids? Yeah. There's a really useful purpose for ballparking in the sense of qualifying somebody initially. And I, I think we need to make that clear distinction when ballparking, this is not something we're presenting to somebody. It's not the final bid. We're right. just telling somebody a certain type of project should cost in a range of dollars. Right. And that helps us educate the consumer like we talked about before, educating our customer about here's here's how we look at that project. Right. Well, educating and deciding they get to have some stake in, oh, this is way out, out of line. Yeah. Like maybe we're not a good fit from a customer good standpoint. Point. Anyways, we mentioned that a little bit ago. But, um, you know, if you're ballparking, it fits in that mm -hmm. qualifying context to your point. Yes. Um, in order you to scare them off. Exactly. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. 100,000, you know, if there's a, yeah. it's not even close, yeah. then you're like, okay, that ballpark eliminated somebody we shouldn't be working for. And maybe for. you're referring somebody else who fits within that, you know what I mean? Like yeah. that can help build your brand too. Yeah. But just That's a good point, that. right. So. We're not your person for that job. And, yeah. I, you know, I, at one point I would think about something of like finding the ideal customer, but it's less about the ideal customer. It's about finding the pairing right. because what's an ideal customer for me and an ideal customer for somebody else might it's not different. be the same thing. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Well, you know, we good. might have a different niche that we're, we're really – um, pursuing. Mm -hmm. So the other thing, I think the, the the thing we have to be carry of, careful of is avoiding ballparking bids in this whole theme is we can also ballpark, but provide detail at the same time. Mm -hmm. And I've made that mistake. Mm -hmm. So a lot of line items, lots of details, but when it came down to the numbers, I was ballparking. Mm -hmm. So it's not just about two lines versus a hundred lines. It's how we came up with the numbers. Yeah. Yeah. That's interesting. You know, we've, we've talked about why it's so dangerous, obviously, um, and I think one thing to note is like if you're doing it today, if you're ballparking bids today, mm -hmm. there's you've, you've mentioned a mindset shift. There's the cost of change, yes. I think, as part of like, how do you stop doing that? Yes. Right. It's kind of what we're conveying today. Like we're mm -hmm. saying, hey, there's a better way, mm -hmm. essentially, like kind of what we're getting at. Um, but I be prepared if you're if you're trying to change the way you're doing things and, and you know, you believe in kind of even what we're saying, I guess, that it's true. <laughs> yeah. um, you know, there's going to be some time and some work involved in in making the change and mm -hmm. actually understanding your costs, yeah. to your point, um, and, and that mind shift, mindset shift. Um, and so and I think, too, like 
so many people in this space. It's such an entrepreneurial space. And I love that about construction. Um, and I think, yes. but, but with that comes, okay, a contractor's wearing 15 hats mm -hmm. that in other businesses might not be true, you know? Yes. And so, um, it's going to require diligence and time, uh, to actually make time on your calendar, make time in your schedule to, mm -hmm. to figure mm -hmm. your costs, you know, at yep. the end of the day. I think I want to sell this even one step further because we look at this as being an optional thing a lot of times. Like mm -hmm. ballparking is an acceptable solution because so many people are doing it. Right. And I think we we assume what is the really the harm. We talked about it earlier. You know, we we can sometimes assume, well, yeah, I'd love to have a thorough bid. I'd love to go to that step. You know, I'd love the result of that. Sure. And But at the same time, we might not see the need as much as we need to. And to that mindset shift, sometimes it requires a little bit of pain. Yeah. And that's what happened to me, uh, running a business, scaling a business. And at mm -hmm. some point, it went from ballparking worked, sort of. Mm -hmm. I didn't feel the pain of it as much sure. to scaling a business. And ballparking was very, very detrimental sure. because suddenly there was too many things to track. There was too many things going on. And so I think – even if you're in a small business, having the right mindset, even if it, even if you're not necessarily experiencing pain from it, mm. just the peace of mind and knowing sure. this is what my true costs are and I'd like to make 15% profit and I can protect that 15% profit is mm. just so relieving. Yeah. And also when you go to the customer, this whole, you know, are they cleaning up on me? I mean, like, are they just retiring off my job? You can speak to that even very clearly. I remember that that shift happening of going from the ballparking bidder to, you know, like the very, you know, concise and clear contractor, yeah. you know, of just being like to be able to say – uh, this is what my costs are involved here. Here's my profit line item. Yeah. And here's what you're going to pay me to do this job. And they'll be like, oh, you're making 12%. Yeah. <laughs> no, and you can, you can sell that. Oh, man. The and then like, somebody oh, okay. came along and said, hey, I'm going to do it for half of that. I put the question mark in that side of saying, well, are they doing the same work? Yeah. Because I told you what my costs are. And here's what my profit is, make, you know, what I'm making on your job. And then they can say, well, that's a very fair margin. So what is the other guy doing? Or not doing. Or yeah. not doing. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> right. Exactly. Yes. It's, yeah. Well, while you're talking about this, something yeah. just kind of like came to mind of like, maybe there's some general contractors that are like listening to this too, mm -hmm. from like a bidding side of things. Like typically a general contractor's, you know, getting bids from other people. Yes. I wonder, like, is there a way, just like briefly, I know that this wasn't even something we talked about before, <laughs> but it just came to mind. Um, is there a way to kind of encourage or as a general contractor to encourage the people that you're getting mm -hmm. bids from, subcontractor bids, obviously, yep. for the line items that you are to provide more clarity, I guess, in, mm -hmm. a, in a way that doesn't take them off too, yeah. you know? It's a great point because some of the general contractors that I've worked with, and in fact, I was just talking to somebody last week about this, and he felt like every time he was getting a bid back, it was just a stab in the dark number. Mm -hmm. And he was frustrated by that. And he's just said, I, I want somebody to tell me what those costs are. I don't want them just cleaning up on me because times are good. I want them to be able to have a, you know, where he could understand that. So he's the customer in that case. As a general contractor, you are the customer to your subcontractor. Yeah. They want to make you happy because they realize that's where the work comes from. Yeah. Uh, next job you have lined up for them you many times. You have two times. customers, essentially. Yes, yes right. <laughs> so, okay. Yeah, right. You have, yes, the end result, yeah. the end, uh, the customer you're trying to serve, and then the general contractor right, is right. the liaison between you and the, the person that's yep. really paying for the work. Sure. Um, but it's interesting, isn't it? Mm -hmm. Where a lot of times that lack of confidence is conveyed to the general contractor. Mm -hmm. So 100%, yeah, can, yeah, encouraging the team, you know, your subs to say. Um, break it down for me. Yeah, yeah. break it down. Uh, and that way there's not a lot of change orders either because yeah. a lot of times, you know, oh, that's not covered or you get billed later. Sure. And there's, it's probably a whole other theme yeah. in managing yeah. that side of it, sure. but it is a great point. Yeah. 
Cool. Yeah. That's good. Uh, yeah. So let's just talk about like course correction too, because I mean, switching from a mindset of I'll ballpark, mm-hmm. I'll just throw numbers out there to yeah. something different than that. Right. You talked about mindset shift. There's a little bit of work up front involved. And For I think sure. that can be scary yeah. because it seems like very overwhelming. I don't have the time to break down everything down to the, you know, how many nails I'm going to need for something, right? It just seems like that's just too much work. I can't do that. So what other resources are available to me? So I think breaking down what you do as a business Mm -hmm. and say, what are the tasks that I recurring, what are the themes? If you're a flooring contractor or if you're a framing contractor, a trim carpenter or a plumber or an electrician, you do a lot of the same things over and over again. You know, asphalt guy, whatever, concrete guy, you do a lot of the same work. Right. So being able to, to the point earlier of, are we learning? Ballparking prevents us from learning. Yeah. Whereas if we we're able to start breaking those assemblies down and start saying, okay, well, this is the cost of labor. This is the cost of materials and start breaking the, the cost breakdown of the assembly is really, mm-hmm. really important. And I yeah. think that gets missed in cost books. Mm-hmm. Cost book data comes back and says, here's what something should cost based off of what, where. Yeah. It doesn't show you how. No. Right? Yeah. Right. I mean, it's just saying, you know, in general, this is the range of numbers you should be charging, which can be a helpful reference. Sure. It's sort of like the dictionary of just being able to say, okay, well, this is what I'll, well, it's not even a dictionary, right? I mean, maybe that's even a bad analogy. Well, just something to <laughs> gauge like what the number you came up with. Yes. Right. right. I mean, that's, does it fit be between the lines? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It's a, right. Yeah. yeah. Right. Is it level? Is it, is it fair? Mm-hmm. But at the same time, you can be led wildly astray with cost book data right. and what's a part of that assembly. So starting to break things down of saying this is what something will cost. Um, I kind of jumped around a little bit here because the overhead part about it is even probably number one in right. all of this okay. is really what does it cost to do business? The cost of labor is something that so many people get wrong and it's not a knock. It's just, I mean, it's so hard sometimes to factor all of these things we don't think about every day. Right. We pay a guy $20 an hour, $30 an hour, $40 an hour, and we just, you know, okay, well, that's the cost. But when that guy's on vacation, if he's salaried, uh, yep. you know, he's got paid time off. So that mm-hmm. needs to get factored in somewhere. There's taxes, there's insurance, there's mm-hmm. the cost of inefficiency. The guy's not always on his A game. <laughs> yeah. So a labor calculator is really important. What is the true cost of labor? And then uh, in really making the time, you spoke to this Kinsey of just being able to say, what, what are the... You know, where are those, you know, being prepared for kind of the initial upfront costs, yeah. being able to set aside time to do it. But once you do it, you can get better at it, sure. improve upon it. Even the first version doesn't need to be perfect. Yeah. You'll save time later yeah. if you just sit down and do it, right? Right. Yeah. Yeah. Block off the time, start getting it done. Yep. That's good. Uh, and then I think once you understand the true cost, then you'll know where the profit margin is because it's it's everything, hard costs, overhead, and then you're adding a profit on top of that. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. And that's the mistake a lot of us make when we're bidding is, is to be able to, you know, we just say, oh, well, the profit is somehow included in all of that. No, that's after everything else is added up, we're, we're putting a profit margin on. Yeah, that's really good. Yeah, I think just to even like pause and just say, we want to just encourage the people who are listening really yes. like to this that and just say like ballparking is totally normal. Like if you're doing that, we I think we touched on it earlier, but like it's totally normal. Um, and but just because a lot of people are doing it doesn't mean that we should keep doing it, right? Yes. <laughs> like we should, there is there is a better way. Um, but it, as we've said, it takes takes time. It takes effort. Mm-hmm. Um, it takes diligence. Um, but the result, which should matter to everyone, hopefully that's listening, the result is that you'll actually know if you're going to make money, right? Mm-hmm. Like that's the, that's the whole goal. So um, as we kind of wrap up, do you have any final thoughts for Absolutely. people listening? I've been on both sides of this equation. Uh, as the contractor that's just thrown numbers out there and I've lost money on projects, mm-hmm. I could stay home and make more money than losing money. And uh, that's that's painful. And I've been on the other side of it as well to present something. And I think 
what we're, it, it requires some change. It requires a little bit of pain to get into that mindset of, you know, I really want to be thorough. I want to be accurate. I want to put together something that wins. But uh, I think the, the customer experience is so much better. The, the groundwork for the project is really exciting for your, your customer. You're helping educate them of what's happening in this project. Sure. Your source of truth document becomes something that actually is it's meaningful. And uh, suddenly you go from this this fearful, not knowing mindset to being enlightened. You're in the you're you're not in the dark anymore. You know where you're at as a business, where you want to go, and uh, goal setting becomes fun. Yeah. Now suddenly you're saying, okay, here's what we want to where we want to go as a business, and that opens up a whole new world to you as a contractor when you move away from ballparking bids to really being this correct bidding process. Yeah. And I'd love to for us to get into this more down the road of yeah. just what that process could look like and maybe getting some thoughts from people that have mastered this process as well. Yeah. But it is so freeing to get to the point of, wow, I know where I'm at as a business. I yeah. know where I'm going. Yeah. That would be a healthy place to live, wouldn't it? Yes. <laughs> yeah. Oh, man. And that's the dream, right? Like it that's really why is. everybody's, I mean, that's why people get into the space. We hear over and over and over again, time, money, freedom. So true. <laughs> Gotta so make true. sure, right? Yes. Um, yeah, that's so good. Thanks for thanks for those thoughts. Um, I think we'd love to know what people uh, want us to cover. So yes. like comment, comment on a podcast, Please. comment on YouTube. Let us know what you'd like for us to kind of dive into a little bit more. Um, and then obviously like, comment, share, subscribe, um, and we'll catch you next time. Thanks, everyone.